Welcome back to the Core Life Podcast. My name is Oscar Magana, and this is Season 6, Episode 2. With me is a special guest. He's the host of his own podcast, the Talking My Shit Podcast. I'm, I'm asking again because I, I don't know. Do you go by your legal name or by your stage name? So, I mean, it definitely just... Oh, what's up, guys, by the way? Thank you, Oscar, once again for having me on the Quarter Life Podcast, one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to every week. Um, but as far as my name, bro, people that don't know me call me too skinny because that's my social media presence. So when they're like, oh, are you too skinny? But people that know me call me Kenji, you yeah. know? And then people at work or when people that don't know that I do comedy ask me what my name is, I just always go by Ken. Ken is simple, you know what I'm saying? It's a white name, but fuck it. Like, it's no confusion. Oh, actually, I just told this dude earlier, my name was Ken, and this fool writes down on a piece of paper, can, like a can of Coke. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> but, uh, so, I mean, Ken, to anybody who doesn't know me, Kenji, to the people that know me, and too skinny for anybody who is just being introduced to me. Just following the podcast. Yeah, following shit. the podcast and the comedy. Um, but yeah, man, I, I'm glad you're back. I, I feel like one day, like, I'm going to ask you to be on the podcast, and you're like, nah, bro, you got to talk to my publicist. Shit, yeah, I was thinking about it this time. <laughs> nah, man, I'll never do that, bro. Like, you really paved the way for the city. I mean, I, I well, the first podcast I was ever guest on and I ever did was Remy's podcast, mm -hmm. which was probably, what, 2015, 2016, mm -hmm. that I did his podcast. But we were not consistent. We did two episodes, and it was like two months apart, and then never did anything else. Mm -hmm. You were the first one to come around the town and basically have the... The seasons organized, you had the guests organized, you had the notes, and you were dropping consistently every week, you know? And uh, that really, like, it made me realize, like, oh, if you keep... Because I'm not going to lie, when you first came out, like, it was kind of like, oh, I'll check it out soon. But then you're dropping again, and then again, and it's like, duh, this dude keeps dropping. Mm -hmm. This shit got to be good. So I think it makes people, like, get in tune. So, yeah. like I said, I'm happy to be here. I never tell you no. I'm always going to be a part of it because, like, I feel like you opened the doors for everybody. And, and, I mean, now that I got my own podcast, you 100% inspired me. And you staying consistent helped me stay on track, too. Hug you. <laughs> <laughs> I know we got the I got that big gummy bear body and shit. It's probably cuffing season and shit. Um, <laughs> Fat boy season, yo. Like the fucking pandemic still going on, yeah, so you gotta clean yourself. Yeah, I, ain't, I always gotta clean myself. But I'm fat as hell, young. <laughs> I be smelling like must pandemic or no pandemic. Nah, Ooh. man. I was like, I was thinking about like this, like like bringing you in, and 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 I've been watching a lot of a lot of shows. Um, I don't know, if, I don't know if you watch them. Um, David Letterman. Um, my next guest. I've only seen the ones that I really give a shit about. Like, I saw the Jay-Z one, Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. He just recently had on... Uh, I don't remember who he just... Oh, Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Yeah, so... Um, I, I, but, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's a great show. So, like, I had, you know... My inspiration with this episode was, like... You know, just talking about you... Like, I feel like... It's kind of funny if, like, those memes are, like... Uh, everyone says how... Um, who's a good boy and not how's a good boy doing... <laughs> But like, yeah. I, like I just want to like you know get my audience to know you. Obviously, like you know everyone's your your, your podcast is a huge success. Um, Appreciate it, man. And and you, you tell crazy stories and bring crazy guests with. Do that the episode with the guy who who got his his Jeep stolen, <laughs> bro. And 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 knowing exactly where like the Cermak is and everything, like it was just an amazing podcast. But like, you know. And the whole the whole thing obviously is gonna be breaking down to like, you know your your, your career as of now from from your, your beginnings to where we're at now to like your future endeavors. Um, so that being said, 
How's the podcast, man? Like, shit blowing up. You try to hit 100K. I'm barely hitting 10. Like, <laughs> like I, I mean, like, uh, honestly, bro, um, when I first started it, to, to be completely honest with you, I was bored out of my mind. I was like, I want to do something. I just don't know what. And a podcast seemed right at the time because... Well, because I, I was already listening to podcasts, mm-hmm. but seeing you do it and seeing like, oh, this is possible, mm-hmm. like people might fuck with it. And every time somebody meets me, they're like, hey, you're funny as fuck. Like, even if I'm not doing stand up, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm like, I know that I talk shit. I know that I could be funny if I'm just talking. Mm-hmm. So I sometimes I listen to podcasts. I'm like, this shit weak as hell, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, definitely I could definitely get people in tune. So when I, I, I started, I started, I started the thing or whatever, you know, like after you did and. And the first episode, like, it did way better than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. And then, and I dropped it on SoundCloud, I think, right? So then I was like, fuck, like, this shit's actually doing good. And then when I saw you uploading to Spotify and to Apple, that's when I asked you and you gave me a hand on my distribution thing. We jumped on Anchor or whatever. But, uh, but, but basically, like, I didn't think it would, I didn't think I would be here still right now recording the podcast. I honestly, I, like, yeah, in the back of my head, I was like, yeah, hopefully in a year I'm still doing it and the episodes keep getting crazier. But maybe, like, by episode 10, I was like, dude, I'm running out of stories. And yeah. it was just me because I didn't have any guests before, yeah. you know? And it's not because I didn't want to because I know at the beginning of my podcast, I'm like, no guests, no guests. But it's just where I was recording, they didn't allow anybody else that I, that we didn't know inside the house because I was yeah. recording out of my homie's room. So it kind of... It kind of it kind of forced me to do solo episodes for a long time, but le- I was lucky enough to pump them out to like maybe episode thirty or so. Then I started to bring in some guests around, and man, now it's just like I can- I feel like I can't even do solo episodes anymore. Like having guests is like so much fun because you get to know someone, mm-hmm. and also you cross reference audiences. So it's mm-hmm. like. For example, my people will probably listen to this, and your people will listen to mine. Yes. So uh, that's like really, you hit like a. I think I hit like a. My podcast was averaging about four hundred plays a week, like from the moment I released Monday to Friday. Mm-hmm. So I was like, and I was at, it was sitting at four hundred every week. So I was like, what can I do to to go go hit the next step? Right? I was like, I can't. I don't like. I was like, my stories can't get crazier because I'm telling my life. You know, so I'm not going to make shit up just for listeners. So I was like, I got to bring people that have crazy stories too. So now, like, I started bringing guests and, and now the, the it's growing. Like, what you say, consistency is everything. Like, when people see you drop every week, every week, eventually they start coming. So now I've doubled my numbers. So like I told you, I'm closer to, like, closer to a 1,000 a week now from Monday through Friday, which is fucking, like, it's insane to me because it's like, dude, I just, I literally turn on the microphone and just talk shit. But people like it, you know, so... I mean, I'm, I guess, I guess, I guess, I guess, I can say I'm blessed to to be where I'm at now. I'm happy to be where I'm at now, but shit, now I'm just trying to go harder and just trying to figure out what I need to do to get to the next step. You know, how can I get the two thousand plays in a week or three thousand or more? You know, get that, get that fucking Joe Rogan back from Spotify. Shit, and shit. you're like hundred million, bro. <laughs> start acting different, fool. Start just yeah. forgetting about bitches' names. I'll be forget. Like- I'll forget about this whole fucking city, bro. I'm moving to LA. <laughs> They're gonna ask me where you from. I'm from Chicago, dog. You, you, Aren't you from Aurora? Fuck no. Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like you, you mentioned LA so much, and obviously I've never been to LA, but like it has to be expensive to live out there, man. Expensive like, as fuck. That's why I still live here. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, go, go ahead, go ahead. No, nah, I mean, dude, it's so it's like it's so unrealistically expensive that you're just like, how the fuck does anybody that's not Rich and famous live out here, you know? Because yeah. I have my uncle who lives out there. 
he's a fucking crackhead. You know what I'm saying? He's a crackhead. He does meth. You know, not for... I mean, not, like, on accident. Like, that nigga, like, does meth willingly and shit, bro. But he has a full-time job. So it's like... He works and pays his bills and pays his meth and that's it. He's broke every, all the time. But I'm like, dude, how do you, how, how the fuck do you live out here? Well, to my understanding, the people that are poor have lived there all their lives. So most of them have either inherited houses from like my grandma or even if it's just a shitty ass rundown house, like they at one point bought the property so it's theirs oh, or or they're renting some they've been renting somewhere for 20 years and because you know la just kind of recently skyrocketed because mm-hmm. even 10 years ago it wasn't i mean fucking even eight years ago it wasn't as expensive as it is now mm-hmm. so anyway like um i mean just to give you an example my house or my parents house i should say is worth about two hundred thousand here in aurora which i mean it's just a normal family-sized home mm-hmm. in uh, la you're gonna it's gonna you're gonna it's gonna go for at least 1.4 million 1.4 million, bro. Not 700,000, not 900,000. Because anything that's 700,000 over there, you're going to get a fucking Mokerville house. No, 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 no disrespect to Mokerville. You know what I'm saying? I love Mokerville. Shout out Mokerville. You know what I'm saying? I just talked about Mokerville in my last episode, but I'm saying you're going to get a one story, something small, bro. Yeah. Most of the houses in Mokerville are nice now because a lot of those owners have added extensions and second floors because they don't have any fucking city regulations. But if you're out in LA, you want to. If your budget is anywhere from three quarter of a million to a million, you about to get a shitty ass house, bro. Even with apartments, I, I mean, we're. I mean, you know, you live in an apartment yeah. now. Your rent is probably a thousand dollars, right, or something for a one bedroom, two bedroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, out there, bro, for a one bedroom, you're gonna pay at least twenty five hundred, at least. And I'm talking about some shitty ass apartment. For a two bedroom, you're getting closer to three racks. And I mean. Still, like, in the hood, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if you want to live downtown L.A. in a high-rise or you want to live in the hills in a condo, you're going to pay, like, close to 10 racks a month, which is insane to me. Like, 10 racks a month, nigga? Like, I make that shit, like, in four months at work. How the fuck am I going to pay one month of rent? But, I mean, then you think about it. All the people, the money that those celebrities make, the money that all those people... Shit. It ain't shit, bro. Yeah. It ain't shit. So, that's why I'm like, bro... Because I was thinking about moving out there, bro. Like, I was already going to do it. Like, I thought, like, last year, I was like, bro, I'm already popping in Aurora. Like, I got my podcast. Like, I do comedy. Bro, but then you realize... Then I didn't move. I didn't move because I was trying to get, like, some legal stuff situated. Like, with my driving and driver's license. So, I it, it put me on a halt. But good thing I didn't. Because now I realize it. I was not ready. Like, I would have gone broke. I wasn't even funny enough. My podcast wasn't shit. It still isn't shit, you know? Because, I mean... It still isn't the biggest in Chicago, you know. I'm just in Aurora, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying. To, I got like, I'm so far down that like, I I was like in a bubble for a little bit. I thought I was gonna be moving into LA soon, but I'm not. And I really could never like. I feel like I gotta make it out here first, and then make the move, you know. Or at least be good enough here to where people out there know me too. So where if I move out there, I'll I'll fuck. I'll, I'll at least be able to do shows for my people. But yeah, bro, it's 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 a long time away. But I mean, it's not impossible. I do want to move out there one day. But, yeah, I definitely can't afford it now to answer your question. You're right. No, man. First off, fuck Moco Girl. Mo- 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 <laughs> whoa, um, whoa. I didn't say all that. No, nah, man. I, I'll, I'll say it with my chest just because I used to date a bitch there. Yeah. Never. Back in the day. Nasty Mokerville bitch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she almost killed me, bro. She almost killed you? She almost killed me, bro. Oh, you got to tell me the name after this. I mean, after, 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 she almost tried to kill me, dog. You so sound like a Sumner bitch for sure. <laughs> Never again. Um, but. <laughs> what, how'd, you, how'd you almost try to kill you? You got to tell me that part. Fuck it. Danielle knows. So it's, yeah. If Danielle knows, I can tell the story. Okay. Um, back in high school, bro, it's it, I, I used to basically date 
a girl every semester. Um, Demon. On some player shit. It was the eyes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the dick. It was the dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and she she was just... I, I, I Obviously, now as, a, as an adult, I know what clingy is. I know what... Toxic. It is back yeah. then. We didn't know what toxic. Not is. at all. The arts, like I was an RTC motherfucker, and, and I was toxic. Like, <laughs> like I was fucking whole bitches. Like, to like you know, I'm gone. But <laughs> this chick was just like, bro. Like she, she, she just like I, I knew the signs were there when she was like obsessed with Justin Bieber, uh, and like like you're like fucking like 16, 17. Like, ah, come on, man, you just gotta grow out. Yeah. But one day I just like told her, I'm like, hey, I gotta, I can't do this anymore. I just can't. Uh-huh. And she was like started crying and, and like like I was like about to leave and she pulled a knife on me. Oh! <laughs> what the fuck? And I ran, bro. I oh. just fucking ran like from you know where that guy with the watermelons is at all, all the time? Yeah, so, right so, like, yeah. So right. That street, I, I don't know what that street's called. It's on Hill or It's on Hill. Like there's like one of those Hill, Fifth, Webster, Lauks. I mean cuz tell me what street you were on, I'll tell you the rest. Kendall, Calhoun, Calhoun. Oh, you were at the beginning. Yeah. So you were Calhoun. Then there's Kendall, Sumner. After Sumner, I believe it's. Uh, I was kind of right in the Lox. middle because like there's maybe two more streets before the light. Okay. So I was like right in the middle, and I ran. I remember I ran from there mm-hmm. to east, and, and I I live where, like fuck. where my where my mom lives. I live like by Lebanon Park. Okay. So it's still like a, a mile and a half to go. Yeah. But I remember I just kept running until one of my cousins picked me up. Like with his, like he just saw me driving. He, like he was driving, picked me up, and bro, like I ain't no bitch, bro. Bro, I started crying. I'm like, I don't dude, know what fuck, like I was 15. So, yeah, somebody uh, at 15. If somebody pulled a knife out on me, bro, I'll cry too. Like, and like I'll I just, cry if somebody pulls a knife out on me right now, bro. And I just, I just never, I never saw her again, and I don't want anything to do with her. Like. <laughs> Even to this day, I can't wait to know who this is. Even even to this day, like I'm 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 fucking engaged and like I, I was like, oh yeah, I better not ever see this bitch. <laughs> so so fuck Moker, yeah, fuck Moker, man. <laughs> and they water fucking dirty as shit, boy. They got that Flint water in Mokerville, man. They got the oh, North, North Aurora water. Fuck you talking about? What are the funny Mokerville definitely voted for Trump, bro? Because... For sure, for sure. <laughs> what are the funniest like like election night? Twitter is the best Twitter of all time because the funniest tweet I've seen was that like Flint, like the like the county around it was like like the like light red. That means it was like Republican led. Yeah. And some motherfucker said, "This is why you guys have Henny wine." Yeah, I, I did see that. That shit was <laughs> that shit was hilarious. <laughs> or the other one I saw that was also fucking hilarious was when. Florida started to go red or whatever. They were like, I better not see one motherfucking hurricane petition because fuck y'all. Bro, people were going into the Cubans, bro. <laughs> no, the Cubans. They were like talking about, they were saying uh, Cubans with three Ks and shit. <laughs> Dude, that's so true. Cubans are, it's because they come from a fucking, by the way, well, yeah, well, the elections are still going on or whatever, but we're just fresh off elections or yeah. election night. Still happening. Yeah, still happening as we speak. So, I mean... Uh, a lot of Cubans, and I know this because I got Cuban family. Mm-hmm. A lot of Cubans, because of Cuba being socialist or whatever, communist or whatever, mm-hmm. they're super scared of it going back to that. That all this fucking false advertisement, this false media that's been pushing that all oh, the Democratic is going, the Democratic Party is becoming socialist or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're super scared of that, so they're just all red, you know, all red. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, bro, like it's not. 
that you know yeah. they just are they're just so gullible that they eat anything up whatever ad see they see first that's the one they believe because i got a uh, my aunt my aunt is my sister my dad's sister she's married to a cuban mm-hmm. fresh off the boat type shit like yeah. cuban sounds just like joey diaz when he talks like you ain't got the sick yeah he sounds like a fucking rottweiler you <laughs> racist piece of shit <laughs> but uh He's a fuck. He's a racist too, bro. Yeah, like he'll say slick comments about like dark Cubans. Yeah, I'm like, you guys are both the same. What are you? But it's it's. But I mean, like it's yeah, it's crazy as fuck, bro. It's crazy. But I mean, I just hope once Biden wins, we put all the fucking Cubans back on the boat. <laughs> right. We are not even gonna send them towards Cuba. We gonna send them somewhere else, fool. Do you do you smoke cigars? You ever had one? Bro, I feel like that's the most head ass shit ever. You don't like cigars? I. To me, it's like, dude, like, it's nothing, I feel like. Because, like, uh, my homie Juan Garcia, yeah. he's really into cigars. So, the day of my pop-up show uh, I did, like, in August, mm-hmm. he was like, oh, well, to celebrate, I'm going to bring a 1942 bottle. We're going to bring some cigars. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I like, I'm not going to lie, bro. I, I like the flex. You know, I put that bitch on Snapchat. <laughs> I put it on Instagram. But after I took my pics, bro, I put that shit out and put it away, bro. Like, I, I did not care for it at all. Because I'm like, bro, I could keep hitting this shit. But I'm not finna get high. Mm-hmm. And I'm a smoker. Like, I smoke every single day, bro. So, I'm like, why would I fuck my whole lungs up with this big old dick? You know what I'm saying? And then just, my, I might as well just smoke a blunt, you know? Yeah. So, honestly, to me, I don't. But maybe I haven't smoked them with the right guy. Maybe we need to sit down, have some whiskey on the rocks. Yeah, and, that- you know, maybe it's just the right vibe. But to me, they don't do nothing for me. I, I had cigars with some of my coworkers. And one of them, like, you know, smokes every day type shit. And he was like... He never smoked one, and he was like, and he was telling me like, like, so I swallow it, like, like just inhale it. And he's like, nah, bro, if you inhale that bitch, you're gonna throw up, because basically one cigar is like a pack of cigarettes. That's Jesus how, Christ, that's how much nicotine and, and like smoke. That smoke's <laughs> dark, bro. So like, you're, what the, what you're supposed to do? It obviously you're supposed to, if like, you know, there, there's light, there's medium, like technically like cigarillos mm. or, or, you know, cigars, yeah. you know, but most people just fucking break it up. Yeah, like, we, I don't want nothing, I don't give a fuck guns. about what's in there. <laughs> but like, you know, technically cigarillos are more lighter and then obviously like the Cubans are like the, the high pristine cigars, they're rolled up with like hemp and, mm-hmm. and got that, that like... That I've, heard, I've heard about that, like Cubans, like a Cuban cigar, like they're even like, well, because there's a fucking, what is it called, the... Uh, between Cuba and the United it a, States, it's a band. It's a, yeah, it's a cargo band. Yeah, 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 so it's like you can't even get them. There's a lot of fakes yeah. going around and yeah. shit like that. So like, you do have to match it with like the the right liquor. So like, if you if you doing it with the with the tequila, it has to be a, a añejo, like a very thick one. You know, like you can't just fucking drink like Jose Cuervo Gold, like and just fucking yeah. smoke a cigar, like, <laughs> just throw up. Patron Silver and yeah, shit, like know, a thought. Like fucking like you gotta you gotta smoke it and. and Maybe I mean maybe when we do one like I'll bring I'll bring a nice yeah. one but um, yeah I've never like I don't know they don't get my attention either you know I feel it just because I'm not the type of person I feel like there's people that do but they I feel like I feel like the people that do like them are a certain type of person which are kind of like more higher end you know what I'm saying like they tend to be like. I don't know. You guys enjoy the finer things. I feel like to me, it's just like whatever. Maybe when my maybe when my money get longer, I'm gonna start. Just I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna just start flexing. <laughs> but also too, like what I one of the things that every time I see a fucking cigar, you know, I just associate it with like an asshole. 
Like every, okay. you know, it's just like yeah, you see somebody with a cigar, just like oh, you're a fucking dick, you know. So I, maybe that's what keeps me away from them, because because some people look at them like, oh, I'm a boss, you know, I got yeah. a big cigar. You see the Michael Jordan picture with his cigar, or, or, yeah, you know, shit. yeah, exactly, you know. But so everybody's like, oh, I want to be like that. But to me, it's more of a turnoff. It's just like, ugh, you look like a fucking doofus, you know. But I don't know, that's just me. Um, <laughs> I, I like like to me like I just never got into like smoking cigs or, or like. I've never like I'm like I'll probably rip like those vape pens off yeah. like my boys, but like never own one. Dude, and, like I used to smoke weed back in the day, like back in back in college and back mm-hmm. in high school. But mm-hmm. now like, like I just I don't know like I just never do it. But once like to me a, a nice cigar like maybe once a month, mm-hmm. you know I'll do it. Um, but that's just that that's just some other shit. Yeah, I. Uh... Dude, I've tried so hard to get addicted to cigarettes. And to it, be cool? <laughs> <laughs> to be that edgy guy? Bro, yeah, it's because I, I talk about this sometimes on the podcast, but I, I have this thing for, like, white trash bitches that are, like, you know that waitress that just got off a 10-hour shift, like a double, and she's outside the diner smoking a cigar, her life's falling apart, but she kind of cute in the face. Calls you honey? Yeah, you know, she, like, I, I have a thing for, like, that's my, like... Dream girl type shit Like ah Like I always say that My dream girl is a bitch Who just started Fucking with crack Like not all the way in it But she just Like I can still save her You know She's still going Yeah well, If she's about to do crack And she look good <laughs> You know It means her standards are low But we can fix this It's like when you buy A junk car And you turn it over And like everybody's like Oh shit you snap bro Like you fucking Like it was a project car You know I, I need a project bitch bro Like like she like she was doing crack at one point, but now she's good, you know. Now her teeth are all fine. Like I don't know, there's something about those girls, you know, that smoke cig- cigarettes. Really, smoke like if you're smoking. Like I don't know, I just find it super attractive when a girl does like cigarette. Like she's smoking a cigarette, and I know dudes are like, oh, cigarettes. Like I can't even stand the smell. But for some reason, like girls, not the big body bitches that are built like a trailer. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm talking about like. Just a decent size bitch. <laughs> I'm talking like I'm not 400 pounds she, and shit. She, she got the weight card. And like, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, just like, a, oh, you ain't shit, bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's super attractive to me how when girls smoke cigarettes. But I've tried to. Like, I've bought packs myself. And I've tried to chain smoke them, bro. But I never crave it. I always find myself forcing myself to smoke it. And halfway through the pack, I have to give it away because it's been... In my pocket, I fuck. I'm so I'm fat as hell. So every time I got cigarettes in my pocket, they get all loose and nasty. So it's easier for me to sit on them bitches before I smoke them all. But I talk to motherfuckers that are like, "Oh, I'm smoking a pack and a half a day." Like, how the fuck is that even possible? To me, I can't wrap my fucking head around it. Like, you know what I'm saying? I used to I used to buy menthols the same way. Like, I would just buy menthols, like the Camel Crush. Mm-hmm. As you see my shit, but like same thing, I'll buy them and, and like I'll make smoke maybe two, and then like I had. You know, I was in a fraternity, so I had like like one, some of my fraternity brothers be like, "Oh, bro, I said, like he's they smoke a pack a day." He's like, "Hey, bro, five, just give me five bucks, and you can have the rest." And they're crackheads, like they're just fucking <laughs> destroy that by the end of the night. Holy fuck! Um, but we're we're, we're, we're <laughs> I don't know how we got here. But we're <laughs> to like saving, saving crack crackhead yeah. bitches. Yeah. Probably from Oakville. Like. <laughs> Ooh, a bitch from Oakville. Man, it's been a minute. <laughs> maybe maybe that girl that almost stabbed you. Is the love of my life. Like, a, that shit would turn me on, low key, if a bitch pull a knife out on me. Like, you think, ah, ah, like, I'll take a stabbing, you know? If we, that pussy gotta be fired, though, you know? Oh, <laughs> anyway. anyway. <laughs> so, 
just, just take it take let's take it back from the from the beginning. Um, obviously, before the podcast, you 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 still are a, a stand up comic. Um, I remember when you first posted your. I I never went to your first show. Yeah. Um, I I went to like maybe the their second or third show, and then um, I went to a couple ones in the in the comedy shrine. Um, I went to <laughs> my favorite one, which is the weirdest one, was when. You did one in Naperville in a hotel like bar, bro. That was the most awkward set I've ever done, bro. It was, it was like me, all my boys, like Marco's Angel. We all pulled up. Yeah. You're the first one and you dipped. And we were like, we can't just leave. Like, <laughs> so we, bro, there was an Indian chick. Yeah. <laughs> she was trash. Yeah. The black guy was pretty funny, but yeah. like, he, he it was more like one liner type yeah. joke. So, yeah. like, I just remember, like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, dude, it, the, it's because the thing is, that was, uh, it was the day before Thanksgiving, so we're almost, yes. we're about to hit a year on it right now, mm-hmm. but it was the day before Thanksgiving, and it's Blackout Wednesday, mm-hmm. so at that point, me and my homies were like full throttle, like getting fucked up, so I'm like, I'm, I wasn't even planning on doing that show, I was gonna go to Bulldogs, and that's exactly where I went, to Bulldogs, but... But these guys like, oh, come do this show for me. And previous to the show that I did, they were bussing, bro. That it was at Indigo Hotel in Naperville. Yeah, yeah. They were it would, this guy would pack the room, right? Obviously, with it being Thanksgiving week, you know, people weren't really people were in the hotel, but people were not trying to stay in the hotel. They were trying to go out, you know. Yeah. So that night, it was a pretty light crowd. Although towards the end, for some reason, it looked pretty packed. It did. Yeah, but uh, but it was pretty light when it started, which is when I went up. They put me up first. Which, like, I feel like a lot of producers always do because they don't know me. And they'll put me up first. And it happens a lot in the suburbs. After I go up, the show goes to shit. Everyone so, leaves. Yeah, exactly. So, or, or everyone leaves or the comics are just not... They can't, like, follow me. You know what I'm saying? And it's not that they're not funnier than me. It's just that I'm a certain type of comedian, like, with high energy. So when I get off and you're a different type of comic and people are... It's just the mood that people are in, you know? So I don't want to say I'm better than other people. But when I go up, it's hard for people to follow. I They've told me that in person before. So, um... I'll say you're better. <laughs> so, so anyway, so it's just... It's, it's, so when I go up first... I, and I also, it's just like, bro... Like, I'm going to get the fuck out of here, you know? Yeah. I already did my thing anyway. They already paid me. I'm out. It's just, like, I hate sticking around for the whole show, especially if I know the other comics are, like, kind of mid or if I've seen them before. It's like, I already know they're set. Mm-hmm. So it's like, let me get the fuck out of here, which I do feel bad about because a lot of times people are like, hey, we wanted a picture. I want to talk to you. We can't even see you. You ain't even fucking stick around, which I'll be feeling bad, you know? I'll be like, fuck, my bad, fool. But, yeah, it's just what it is, bro. So, you know, talk, you know, how, how would you get, in, like, like leading up to your first show, was I remember? Was it in Bally Doyle's? So like, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, the first time I ever grabbed the mic and got on a stage and tried stand-up comedy was at a Bally Doyle. It wasn't at a because I went back to Bally Doyle like uh, later that year and did like two different shows and murdered and sold it out actually. Mm-hmm. But the first time it was in April 2017, bro. Or it was a seventeen or eighteen. It was either, ah, ah fuck. It was two thousand seventeen, April two thousand seventeen. It was um I there was an open mic night on Wednesdays at Balladoyle, and I uh, I thought it was a comedy open mic, but then I found out it was like everything. So the people before me was a fucking rock band, bro. So I'm like, how the fuck am I gonna go up after them? And do comedy. And on top of that, nobody was giving a shit about the rock band. Nobody was looking. So I'm like, fuck, they're definitely not going to give a shit about me. 
But low-key, I've always had this kind of a following, even on Facebook, even before I started stand-up or the podcast, because of my YouTube thing. So people have always kind of looked at me like as a content creator. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I take years off or whatever, but they always kind of know, you know? So when I announced that I was going to be doing stand-up, I put it on Facebook, right? I did not think that hella people were going to come. So I ended up pretty much not packing it because I have packed Bellador before. It was kind of just to a point where it was busy. Yeah. It was busy and I went, I was like, what the fuck? And then I went up there and I realized I've never done this shit before. So it's not like, I, and there was like homies of mine, people close to me, which I've been funny like in a group, like a group of, yeah. a group of motherfuckers, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's like, I'm now I'm on stage and everybody's looking at me. So luckily, bro, what worked, like, luckily that, I had like a fucking eight minute set, and luckily that fucking, there was this one story I told while I was on stage, and it was uh, about Marley and me, about how that movie's super sad. Now it's evolved into a different kind of story, but I, I take pride in, in still carrying that story with me, okay. but, but anyway, like, I did, the, I did that open mic on a Wednesday, and it went decent enough to where the next Monday, I did my first comedy shrine open mic, which was the first ever mic at an actual comedy club. Mm-hmm. And that single first time ever doing stand-up, basically, in a comedy club, got me booked for a show right away, which is almost unheard of in comedy. You know, It usually takes time. But I feel like if I would have not gone up to Balladoyo that day, I would have been way more nervous. So it helped out a little. So, obviously, your, your writing process, you know, before, like, that how you how you did like you mentioned the Marley and me story to now like how has your how has your writing process evolved since man um when I, I, uh, there's like a lot that goes into it but I'm like kind of to keep it short um when I was going on stage maybe for the first two even three years I'd probably well I'm on my third year now but I'm on my second half of the third year I'd probably say for the first two years and a half or whatever um, I, I was kind of going up with a script. Like, I had jokes, but they were written word for word. And I was going to go on stage and tell them word for word. So if something didn't work, I wasn't going to add any other tags. I wasn't going to change the subject. I wasn't going to mess with the crowd. I was just going to move on to the next thing. Move on to the next thing. Which which was... Uh, it, it sucked because... Some t- there would have been opportunities that even I was up there and shit came to my head. And I was like, man, if I say this, it's probably going to be funny. But just me doubting myself, I just kept it to myself, never said it. And my comedy was always at, it was always funny, but it was stayed at the same level. Even at, when you, even probably the last time you went to see me, it was at the same level. Because I never switched anything up. Where up to now, fast forward three years, even though I didn't do too much stand-up in the first two years, I was kind of just getting my feet wet. Even fast forward to now, where this year I was fully active, and last year I'd like to say I was pretty active yep. too. Um, like, I'm getting real comfortable, and I've been taking private shows now where I'm doing 45, 50 minute sets, and that's helped me get comfortable on the mic enough to where I can get off topic. Mm-hmm. If somebody says some dumb shit, I can talk to them, I can crack jokes, make the crowd laugh, boom, go right back into my set. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that is not really necessarily writing, it's more of getting used to being on stage. But where the writing comes in is, once you try a tag on stage and it works, you're like, oh, let me write that down. That way I make sure I never forget that comment I made. And kind of that's how jokes start building. Because there's, you might think of a comment today and then you say it on stage and it works. And then a different one tomorrow and then you still use the one you used the day before. So now you got three different little tags that you added to your joke. Now your 30-second joke becomes a minute joke. You know what I'm saying? And out of those tags, different jokes can be born. Like it's almost like a, like it never stops. I feel like once you start 
in, once you get into stand up and you realize that's what you want to do, your mind is always turning, always turning. But for a long time, like I said, I would hate to add stuff to my sets. Now, I, I guess we can say the difference is, is that now I, I I can add stuff to jokes and I'm not afraid to change the punchline even or or the setting of the joke or even the story. Like just to give you a quick example before I wrap up this answer, like there was a joke where I used to. I used to milk this joke about having a big stomach and I used to try to hide it in my pants, but then it just looked like I had a fat pussy. But there was a whole story to it. Like, I was at my girl's house, or I was at Walmart with my girl, and and it's just bullshit. So I think as you do more comedy, you realize that time is of the essence when you're on stage, so you don't want to waste time on bullshit, you know? So I've also gotten good at filtrating a lot of stuff. There was like, I turned a 20-minute set into a 10-minute set. But I can assure you from minute one to minute 10, you're going to laugh. And whereas if I was doing my 20 minutes set, it might be some parts where you die out, where you get tired, you go to the bathroom, which that fucking sucks because if you miss a prime of the prime part of the story, you might not get the joke at the end when you come back. So then the whole joke is, I wasted 20 minutes, you know what I'm saying, trying to tell you this joke. So now I've been trying to, like, kind of like a, just not have any fillers, just make sure that everything I'm going to bring on stage is going to make people laugh. So, I don't know, I just, I, I'm more confident in myself and making changes even while I'm on stage now than, what, than when I was when I first started. Random question, uh, I, yeah. I, I want to start doing this with more, more of my guests. Random question, um, if you were to have to co-sign anybody in Aurora that's not a comedian to be a comedian, who would it be? Not a comedian to be a comedian? Yeah. Man, you know what, bro? <laughs> I'm going to say his name just because... People probably know him, and I mean, he knows what happened too. For my pop up show, I had Tony Swingler. Oh, shit, okay. Yeah, yeah, so, Tony Swingler is not a like, he's a comedian, like, he does sketches, he does skits, and he's very funny. Even when we went to school, he was very funny. I like Tony Swingler, he's a homie of mine, but I wanted him to host uh, a show for me, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is going to be a perfect show because it's in my house so he can feel comfortable. And I know he's funny. So, he might do some dancing, I don't know, but it'll be funny. So, when I brought him on stage, it was he was not that funny, you know. He, he was not that funny, but I can't blame him because it's his first time, you know. But it's just like fuck. I like it would have definitely been him if he had not done that show because I would have never known. But since he did it, and I know it didn't really work out, I don't really know who the answer would be. Let me think about. It. Give me just give me like a little bit. Let me. Just... It doesn't have to be Aurora. Like someone, and from here to Chicago, like that you may know. That I may know yeah. that. Um, Dude, well, I mean, like, there's fucking, like, Tony, bro, my, my friend Tony, like, Tony, Tony Sanchez, bro, yeah. is fucking, he's the, he's the funniest person I know, and I know a lot of comedians, you know, even real good comedians, I mean, Tony Sanchez is fucking, like, he's the funniest person I know that can make you laugh to where you're crying, bro, mm. so I would say him, I would co-sign him, if I had to put him in a room and give him a microphone and be like, make these motherfuckers laugh, I, I would, I would put money on him. Figure it out. Yeah. Okay. Um, before... Worst comes to worst, he'll probably just be like, let me suck your dick or some gay shit, you know? <laughs> and that shit always works. <laughs> so, talk, talk about specific jokes. So, I I have a thing, like, like when it comes to comedy movies, when it comes to, like, stand-up, like, like to me, like, the, I, I don't know how you feel about it, the most cringiest jokes to me has to be, like, either dick jokes or fart jokes. Like what? What's something that like, when it comes to like topics, you're just like, if you if you heard that, you're like, nah, man, that like that's not hitting. Anything political, to me is boring. 
Like, Donald Trump jokes are boring because there's so many fucking comedians making a living off them right now, just ripping on Republicans, which, don't get me wrong, I'm not a Republican, but I'm just so tired of Donald Trump jokes. Um, even now, with COVID, I'm tired of already of the COVID shit. It's kind of been annoying because everybody has a COVID joke, and it's usually not funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the number one, if I had to say, is Tinder. Tinder? Tinder jokes are fucking corny, bro. It's always the same joke. I match with my sister. I match with my cousin. Dumb shit, you know? It's shit that every every white male comic has a fucking Tinder joke. It's either Tinder or Uber. But I don't want to shit on Uber too much because I got an Uber joke and my shit be hidden. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, before... before con- oh, wait. Oh, my bad. You know what I'm it's, uh, it just rings once. I'm at work, but I'm not picking that up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, before before comedy, um, and, and you probably you probably talked about this in your podcast. I know you definitely brought it up in mine. Um, you 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 blew up on Worldstar, <laughs> and obviously, like I, I, we don't have to go in detail on that on that specific video. But you you've done content, like you said, like people knew you for content. Uh, you put out videos. I remember when you uh, did like the the. You, you went and, and did the talk the tacos like all over the place. You mm-hmm. did the tortas. You did. Mm-hmm. You, you literally started a whole fucking trend of, of fuck you know banana split. Yeah. You, like you had the guy say fuck banana split. <laughs> like like you, you you've done videos and obviously now you're doing now you're doing um what what's the what's the series called where the food at so you you have where the food at um and 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 it's to me I think it's a fucking hit. Um, what what's your what's your take on like YouTube and and content and like have you have you even thought about doing live stream shows? Man, live stream not. I actually did a live stream show yesterday. Oh yeah. With uh, Darian. Oh, oh you did the be positive I did one. The be positive, and I, I was nervous as fuck because like you you and me are podcast like obviously you you you, mm. you have more. More with live audience mm-hmm. because of stand up, but like I don't do live audience. I yeah. I just fucking record this like it's just you and me and yeah. then send it. But like yeah, like how do you feel about live streaming and, and then the content on YouTube? Live streaming to me is lame, bro, because I feel like we're in a nobody's watching that shit, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, even if I did a live stream, nobody's watching that because people got shit to do. Nobody's gonna be watch. So I feel like. A, I feel like I'm just talking to myself, bro. And the thing is that after you do something live, the if nobody was watching live, the chances of people going back and listening to it later on is even slim to none. Mm-hmm. So I rather just put out the product here on a Sunday. Like here's the podcast, listen to it when you have time. Mm-hmm. You know, because I feel like live kind of puts a lot of pressure on people, especially being not being big. If you're a big fucking like a big artist, you know, then you're oh I'm doing a live show. But I would I would lean into like not every week though I w- I'm I, I'm down to do like a live talking my shit or a live quarter life podcast but it would have to be like a once every two months yeah. uh, you'll see you, you're seeing it a lot now with quarantine a lot of these big podcasts are doing live events yeah. so they sell tickets ten dollars or five dollars you get an access code and you get to watch us live you get to comment live mm-hmm. stuff like that is fun but you get to promote it you know time and events like an event it becomes an event you know if this live stream is going to be an event you got to buy tickets you got to be here but just like, oh, I'm going to go live at 9 p.m., everybody tune in. To me, that shit's kind of lame, bro. I don't know. And then I feel like with all the technical difficulties, too, like, 
I don't know about you, bro, but I hate listening to podcasts of two people that are not in the same room. Like two Zoom, like a Zoom podcast. Like I listen to Bill Burt, which is Bill Burr and Burt Kreischer's podcast, yeah. and they're always Zooming because one of them's touring and COVID, obviously. So they are, and it just. It's like a phone call. Oh my bad, I just spit, spit on him and shit. But I was, it's it just boring. It's boring because I'm like, I'm just. Am I listening to a fucking conference call? Unless you're super into it, it's boring, bro. Yeah. So live stream to me, I'm not even rocking with it. I actually got the opportunity. They asked me if I wanted to do like a pay per view type thing for my pop up show. They were like, we can stream it live. You'll charge. But I just felt like they told me like a week before. I was like, even with a week, I feel like not enough people will be tuning in. Not for my liking, at least, you know. So I try to stay away. The I, I already do live stand-up, you know? So I try to stay away from the live anything else, you know? Like live podcast, live uh, live, uh, live stream of anything, basically. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, I, would do, I would do a live podcast. Like a, like if we're you and me sit on a table and we record and there's an audience, but we're doing a podcast, mm-hmm. that's, I'm fine with that. But putting it online, live, that's what I'm talking about. I don't fuck with yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so... That, that was that, that was the first half of the question. Um, content on YouTube, mm-hmm. um, you, like you said, you, you you in the beginning you 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 did a couple here and there, and then you, you, then you were like in a two year hiatus, and then out of nowhere you you started. I remember when you were talking about it like uh, last time, like oh bro, I got all these ideas, like I'm gonna do this, I'm, I'm gonna have this project. Even right now, before we started, you, you, like you like the too skinny like like production team and, and team itself is like you know so many ideas right mm-hmm. um how how like what tell me just the way the way you work youtube the way you work content how do you think about a video and, and from there so i mean it, like uh, my youtube career until i started this series where the food at which just came out about a month and a half ago um I'm, i got two episodes out right now um, till I started that, my YouTube had no type of organization. Even from the moment I was going to record a video, even if it was the banana split, there's a live video, nothing was scripted, nothing was planned, everything was out of fucking, out of order. Even with the restaurants, they they never knew I was coming. I just went in there with cameras, and then even, I remember I did a video at Lotus Gomez, and they put up, after I went and did my video, they put up signs everywhere, They're like, no phones, no cameras. <laughs> And there, were, and then my homie Tony, the Tony Sanchez we just talked about, he went in there and put a Snapchat, like try to record a Snapchat, and they're like, no, put that shit away. And he was like, why? He's like, cause somebody put a YouTube video, somebody put a video of us on YouTube, and it was me. I was just there a few weeks before that, <laughs> so, so, uh, na- so I was just kind of like, just kind of grabbing the camera. Me and Chins was just anywhere, anywhere yeah. it doesn't matter. We're just gonna try to be funny. They ended up, I didn't want to do food videos, but they just ended up all being food videos. So I'm like, fuck it, this is what the people like, this is what the people like. So this year, it, it wasn't this year, I've been thinking about rebooting this for a long time, the, the, the food videos. Because I mean, if you look at them, yeah, they're not doing hundreds of thousands, but they're doing like three to 4,000 of views, you know? So it's like, I mean, that's at least people in Aurora, I mean... It's a decent amount for yeah. for local, you know? So I'm like, I want to do it professionally. So I was inspired by you again. Season one, episode one, episode two. So I wanted to do it by seasons because then I could take breaks because I'm not good at YouTube videos. Like, I don't... I hate doing videos, bro. And that's hence the reason why the podcast hasn't been on video yet because I don't like being on video. Like, I feel like... First of all, I'm ugly as fuck. So I don't want y'all niggas to be looking at me and shit, right? But second, like... um, like, it's just, you got to worry about wardrobe. You got to worry about how you look, you yes. know? You got to get haircuts. On top of that, is the restaurant okay with me recording? 
Um, can they let me in the kitchen? Because, you know, I could do whatever food video review, whatever. But the way I'm trying to do this series is going to be more like a, it's just me trying to place out. It's not a review because I'm not a fucking food critic. Look at me. I like everything, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to try a food that I haven't liked, that I don't like, you know? Yeah. So instead of calling it like a review a review or whatever, I'm just like, hey, I'm coming here and I'm going to record it. If you like what you see, come here too. And it's kind of promotion. So that's kind of how I've been selling it to businesses too. Like, hey, man, if you let me go to your place, you let me record your kitchen, you let me do maybe give me the food for free, like, and then we'll put it on YouTube. And then bring you promo, you know? It, it's easier to, once you show people your plays and everything. They're like, all right, you know, if we give you a fucking a hot dog, you know, it's going to be worth if four fucking four or five people come. But realistically, it's going to be more than four or five. It's going to be a couple more. So um, that's just where I'm at now. Like, now I've, I've kind of I've transitioned into being organized, try to be consistent. The same thing with the podcast. I felt like I was never consistent with anything that I did, like, like I told you. So with the with being with me being consistent with the podcast, it's helped me to be more consistent with YouTube too. It's like, nah, like if you I, like just how this shit worked out, like how the podcast grew this loyal fan base, I can do it on YouTube too. But I have to stay down, stay consistent, which is hard because I'm not gonna lie to you. Right now, I'm I'm about to hit my, I damn near hit my two week mark of of release day already, which I should have been releasing this weekend coming up. But I haven't even recorded anything. And honestly, the restaurant I've been trying to go to, I haven't been able to contact the people that work there to get in the kitchen. So I'm probably going to be a little bit late, which already is pushing me back. But anyway, I mean, all in all is I'm trying to stay consistent so it can work out and fucking people can, can have something to enjoy. Because a lot, because even too, and the people that watch my YouTube videos are way different than people that listen to my yeah. podcast. Yeah. It's completely different demographic, a completely different... Uh, audience bro like there's people that like watch my videos are like what do you mean i've watched your video i've watched all your videos like you know since you started but i, I didn't even know you had a podcast and also my podcast is a little bit different like i'm trying to keep my youtube also professional i'm not trying to because I, my podcast is already like bullshit like i'm already talking <laughs> my mind you know but but youtube i'm trying to like I, i'm trying to be professional i'm trying to be like the, i'm trying to be like all oh, the food guy the review guy yeah so well, not the review guy but like the, that dude's the, the guy that visits everywhere but it's frustrating, bro. Like, YouTube, to me, bro, it's annoying now. Like, man, like I feel like it's played out. I wasn't even going to do this series on YouTube, to be honest with you. I was only going to do it on IGTV. I remember that, yeah. But it just kind of transferred into YouTube because uh, just because of the time links and everything and the, and the IGTV success is kind of like, uh, it's kind of different, you know? So I kind of went to YouTube because um, YouTube makes everything easier for sharing links and everything. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Right now, I'm still testing waters. You know, it, my the YouTube is kind of just kind of like my third, my third hub of creative. You know, it's stand up first, then my podcast second. YouTube is just kind of my. Like if it happens, it happens. If it happens, it happens. If yeah. not, if I fall off YouTube, fuck it. You know, yeah. it is what it is. Like another three years, you'll do. Another yeah, another three life. years. I don't give a fuck. Cause uh, I know eventually the podcast will go on YouTube, and people have been waiting for that forever. But I'm just not ready yet. Maybe January, but but yeah, we'll see what happens, bro. Random question number two. Let's get it. <laughs> Anal. <laughs> <laughs> What's the worst restaurant you've ever like ate at? Nickeries. What? Yeah. What? Dude, what? Bunk. Garbage. What? Caca. Lame as hell. Y'all hype it up. It's garbage. And it's on Lake Street. Anything on Lake Street suck. But except Baba's, I was gonna say Baba's, <laughs> and the Chinese buffet. <laughs> no, okay, look, dude, I don't understand that. Okay, first of all, pancakes are mid. 
Like, who the fuck wakes up and is like, oh, I want pancakes? Nobody. That's, are you fucking three years old? No. Like, I, to me, it's average, bro. And the thing is, when I'm, I like coffee. I like black coffee. Yeah. Like, black coffee is, like, the love of my life. And when I went there, bro, that shit was burnt. You know, like... <laughs> Like it was burnt. Like that, that happens when 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 it, they let it sit on the on the thing, on the thing too long, bro, yeah. and it gets burnt over time. I remember because I worked at Starbucks, so Starbucks turned me into a coffee cluck. And when I went there, the pancakes were burnt. The 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 I mean, sorry, the coffee was burnt. The pancakes didn't have any flavor to them because I've just like I, I had such big expectations because everybody always talked about it. But to me, it was mid. What I think it is, is that a lot of people, especially in Aurora, grew up on that shit. Like, that was their go-to place. And now it's like the flavor that they put out, they're in love with that flavor. But it's not because it's so fire. I just felt like it's, that's what they grew up on. That's what they fucking like. I grew up on fucking McMuffins. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I, I would 10 out of 10 go to McDonald's before I go to Nickery's. That was my, number, I'd probably say, bunk place. For as far as breakfast, but if you really want to talk about restaurants and all that other shit, Comales is fucking absolute garbage. the most garbage. Like, garbage. The, like I've been there drunk out of my mind, faded, bro, and still not ate. I'm like, fuck that. I'm good. I'd rather, I'd rather fucking like, I, I'd rather just put my head down. I don't give a fuck. Like, Comales is the most mid food to me. I've never had it, and it was fire ever. Garbage. Fuck them on this. I heard I heard the one in Aurora's ass. I heard the other ones like closer to the city are better. Well, you know what? That's funny you say that because when I was growing up, I remember Comales was like a real good spot. Yeah. But I only ever had the torta. Like the torta, the Milanesa was like, uh, growing up, that's all I ever got. So I, that shit always used to smack, you know? But my, my spot growing up, like every Sunday after church, it's weird though, cause like I only like it's it's a full blown restaurant. Not even for breakfast, but I always get for breakfast after Sundays. Was uh, La Teca. Oh yeah. Like on on, on downtown Aurora, that's like. And to this day, like I'm like, man, La Teca was smack, but I can only go on Sundays, and it's not like fucking Chick Fil A. Like I can go any fucking day, any time. Yeah. But like for me, it's just like I I memorize the like you said, I memorize the flavor and love and time. Like yeah. I can only go on fucking mornings yeah. on Sundays. Yeah. Um, that, that's funny. That's funny because there's a lot of people like that too. Like, for example, with La Quebrada or or Teca, because I think they're probably neck to neck. Yeah. You know, um, people that I know only go there Sunday. Like, I don't give a fuck, bro. I go to Quebrada on a Wednesday, fool. I don't yeah. care. Or Teca, I don't give a shit. Like, those places, I don't care for. But, but there's homies that are like, oh, Quebrada, nah, bro. On Sunday though, on Sunday or Teca, like on like Teca. Honestly, I don't I haven't heard anybody say that, but but like Quebrada is always like a Sunday thing for people or Mariscos too, a Sunday thing for yeah, people. Yeah, all they have to do is Sunday. Yeah, like you all nigga, you can't eat Sunday. shrimp on fucking Friday. No, it gotta be on a Sunday, bro. I just think that's a, a also like a I don't know. It's like an after church thing. A lot of people kind of fall into that tradition. I never went to church, but yeah, Teca is also one of those places that I've never. I've never even had. <laughs> and, and you know what's funny? Like, it's the opposite growing up. And now, like, it's funny because my mom doesn't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. But, like, they would never let me go to tacos, uh, Taqueria Durango. What? Just because of the... The, the, the mess? The reputation. No, not even the mess, bro. It's like the reputation of, like, LaSalle Street. Oh. The hookers and, and like, the shootings and shit like that. Like, my mom's like, oh, no puedes ir ahí, no puedes yeah. ir ahí. Like... And now she's like, hey, go get some tacos and cheese fries from fucking Durango. Dude, I remember, you know the way I fucking discovered, Durango is actually, by the way, one of my favorite, it's my favorite Mexican restaurant. It's a milestone for Aurora. It's been there for a minute. I don't know how the fuck, there's so many, especially recently, so many motherfuckers that told me, oh, 
um, Durango's trash, Durango's ass. I'm like, dude, are you out of your fucking mind? Like, Durango's so fire to me. And I think also I'm in love with the portions. The portions, they don't fucking play. Like, they know, you know what I'm saying? But the way I discovered it, bro, is because uh, uh, my mom used to do her eyebrows at the $5 fuck-up right there across the street with the <laughs> Russian ladies. So, so when I had my license, I would have to, she's like, oh, she's like, Come on, take me so I can uh, get my eyebrows done real quick, and then ju I'll just jump in the car. So one time we were there waiting, and I was looking at Taqueria Durango, and I was like, "Man, that place probably ass, just like everybody, just like everywhere else in Aurora." The only place that I kind of thought was decent was Burrito Loco at the time. And then mm. one time my mom was like, "Fuck it, let's go out." They meet on those tacos and shit. I was like, "Fuck it." So we went in there, bro. I got four tacos because I was like, "That's I'm probably gonna no." Actually, I got five. I was like, "I, I, was like, I need five tacos because." I'm probably not going to get full. I'm probably going to get another three after this. Bro, they brought me those fucking tacos in two platters because they didn't fit in one. I already knew off the bat. I was like, dude, this is my new favorite Did spot. Did you get the pastor? I got pastor. I got that shit, bro. Yeah, I got all that. And then, like, a few weeks after I started going there, I found out about the cheese meat fries. And then oh, they, my God. And then they became, like, a, like that's a thing, you know? Like, in Aurora, that's, that's a thing, bro. Everybody has tried to copy them, but nobody has come close. And for a long time, like for a long, long time, I I, I would not step into Jalisco's on on, on High Street. Uh -huh. I would never step on it, and that's another staple. That's another staple because I remember I just on on, on some bullshit one day. Like it was like our, like our senior year. Like we we're like I was just high, and, and my my boys were like, let's get some tacos. Mm. And that shit was ass, bro. And like I was like same same way you were talking about comadres, the same way I felt like about Jalisco. Jalisco was such a fucking letdown for me because I, I I mean all all the hood, I I hung out with all the hood homies in high school, and everybody's like Jalisco's, bro, Jalisco's, Jalisco's, and I'm like man, like that shit got a smack, bro. So my homie Lil Jesse, free Lil Jesse, he was working at Jalisco's for a long time on High Street. Mm. So he was like, um, come through, bitch, I got you. Like, I got some tacos, whatever. I went through, and this dude got me fat tacos, like, because he knew it was for me. So he hooked me up. I'm not going to lie, he didn't. But it was mid, bro. Like, it was just whatever to me. I know that people say you got to get the, from Dura, from Jalisco, I mean, they get the taco de deshebrada. Yep. Taco yep, de torado yep. de deshebrada. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I'm not a crunchy taco guy. It's not my thing. Like, I might as well go to fucking Taco Bell, but I'm going to do that shit. In my opinion, you know? <laughs> So, yeah, fuck them. <laughs> uh, hopefully, this is my last question when it comes to food. How you can keep those coming. I love food. <laughs> how, how, did you, how did you feel about the whole, like, quesadilla and, like, birria, like, craze? Like, I feel like they're fucking milking it now. But when it first came out, I was mind-fucked. I was like, <gasps> like, cheese, and, and then you get to dip it. Like, it was so mouth-watering to see, right? But then you saw. Then I, I never. I have actually never had quesadilla tacos in Aurora. I've only ever had them when I'm in LA because they got like the actual food trucks that you know those food trucks that go viral on Instagram. They're yeah. like, oh, you know, you give you the fat. So I went to one of those. They had like 70k followers and shit. And I went and I tried the actual like Instagram plate, bro. And it was fucking gas. Like it was so good. It was worth the hype. But I've also been here. And I haven't tried them yet, but I've seen pictures of people's shit, and I feel like they're not getting it right, like, from where it started. I feel like a lot of people are just putting birria and cheese in a fucking tortilla, and that's your quesadilla. Like, nah, nah, bro, like, you gotta do it with love, bro. The tortilla gotta be red. You gotta have the thing to dip it in. One of the things, too, is, like, 
you you go out here to eat. Most places won't even give you the thing to dip it in. You gotta buy that shit separate, like bitch. Hustle. Right, right. It should come together. Why you promote it together and it'll come together? You know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah. But I mean, I feel like the quesadilla. I'm cool. I'm cool with it. Fuck it. You know what I'm saying? But the only thing that I'm not starting to fuck with is like they're adding shit to it. Like they're putting birria in maruchan. I saw that. Bunk, yeah. bunk. Why would you get a 99 cent cup of soup? And then a fucking nice tender meat and put like come on, that's fucking bullshit, bro. I get it if you're gonna put like birria, I don't know, maybe even if you're doing some noodles, some pasta, and you wanna add some meat and fucking birria and into like some pasta that you know, like I don't know Italian, but you know what I'm saying? Fucking Alfredo sauce. Yeah, Alfredo yeah, like not Alfredo sauce, but like Alfredo pasta, you know, like that type of text fettuccine. The fettuccine, you know. Okay, I can maybe see that, you know what I'm saying? But like a maruchan, like you just like birria is supposed to be one of those Sunday foods, you know? It's, yeah, it is. It, it's like uh, oh, that's like the Holy Grail right there for Mexicans, you know? Birria, barbacoa, carnita, shit like that, you know? It's a good Mexican dish, and it's just bringing this fucking college food around me, nigga, and they go fuck it up, you know? <laughs> to me, it's bunk. Also, it's, it's it's like the same. I think I feel like they're doing the same thing with the uh, hot Cheetos. Like hot Cheetos is on everything now. It's hot Cheeto burrito, oh, hot Cheeto popsicles, hot Cheeto. I, bro, everything is hot Cheeto. That shit's so played out. I don't even like hot Cheetos. So and before that, like white people were like, did bacon everything, <laughs> bacon coffee, bacon, bacon, like bacon, bro, like bacon. Yeah, I remember I, bacon was like a thing. Bacon is whatever now. Uh, I, I, but yeah, my bad. No, no, no. Uh, fuck. I actually had them. I, I, I tried them. There's a, there's a Mexican spot literally down the street from here. Um, I, who would have been? It's just like literally in the wall of North Aurora, like, and yeah. it. To me, I was like, "This is mid." Yeah. But I'm gonna try somewhere else, and, and then, and what's happening in Aurora? It's always like, "Hey, where can I get this? Mm-hmm. Where can I get this?" And I remember my boy Luis Apeda posted because he was drunk. He was like, "He's like, hey, where? I need, I need this. Where can I?" And someone vouched for Primo Tacos on Highland. And I remember I was like, Primo Tacos, like, isn't that a fucking food truck? Yeah, Cause yeah. I've seen, I've seen them in Farnsworth, I've seen them in all these spots. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'll go to Highland. And man, and it's probably, it's probably right. It, you, they probably did it wrong, like where they just like fry the tortilla, put the birria, and the cheese, and mm-hmm. but something about it was good. Yeah. Like, and I, and I, and I know, I know, like the birria, the like I birria was like it's an LA thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's not like I remember those videos coming out from mm-hmm. LA. This was like this, this to me. That place was probably the closest thing I'll ever get to. You, you know, I'm lying to you. I've actually have tried them in one place here, but it wasn't at a restaurant. I got a homie. His name's Porfirio. I seen him post it, bro. His, his homie, dude. Those quesadillas that he made were better than the ones I had in LA. That dude, he, ever since I met him, we met in seventh grade, bro. Mm-hmm. He's always worked in the kitchen, like helping his uncle out because his uncle's a chef. Mm-hmm. Always been cooking for himself. If you got him on Snapchat or Instagram, he's always cooking, throwing down, bro. And he put them to, for sale. I was busy that weekend, so I couldn't go buy any, which I'm always trying. I'm always down to support the homies and shit, but I couldn't, right? But he ended up having some leftovers, so he's like, bro, if you want to come try them, um, come through the crib, you know? So he lives right back here, so I just got out of here. I went there. And he heated them up for me or whatever, bro. Dude, so fucking fire, bro. Like, quesadilla taco done right is not overly hyped. No. No. Quesadilla, I'll give him that. But if you're a motherfucker from... Right. Comales or some bunk ass shit. Comales is about to give you fucking... Diarrhea, boy. Cheddar cheese and shit, boy. Don't throw hot cheese in that bitch. Requesone and shit. Um... 
We're, we're, we're almost an hour. I don't even feel like we're an hour. Um, <laughs> your, your future endeavors. Um, you've you you took it upon yourself and, and did two main sh- like you headlined two shows. You said fuck it, like uh, I you're, like you're on some independent shit. I'm I'm gonna headline my own show. I'm gonna make my own show. Mm-hmm. You did one first at at, at the Paramount Theater, the Copley like, Theater, the Copley Theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember that. I remember I, I was so mad because I didn't, I didn't get tickets. <laughs> and then the second show, I'm still mad because I had to work. Um, and, and I felt like both of them were a huge success for you. I, I still remember when you posted that picture when the Paramount said too skinny. Yeah. And the day I was like, that shit's fucking fire. Like, this dude's going to blow up. Um, now, obviously, COVID, you, you did your last couple of shows at the Comedy Bar in Chicago and stuff like that. Shit shut down. But, like, future endeavors, like... Like obviously, there's there's multiple outlets when it comes to comedy. You can go into skits, and and people just want to be an SNL. People want to be viral, like do content on YouTube. People, uh, you know, are are TikTokers, and or people want to be in the movies. Like, where what is two? What's the next step? What's the next evolution in in two skin two skinny like stand up? Man, like. I mean, I'll break it up to you for you. Like my my goals, it's it's funny because when I first started doing this, my goals were like, man, I'm gonna go touring, I'm gonna sell out theaters, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fucking like, uh, I'm gonna be a fucking superstar, I'm gonna be on Netflix. Those were my goals because it was so unrealistic for me that it was just like dream big, dream big, dream big. Even though I'm doing Bally Doyle shows, you know, or like. Yeah. So it's just like, it was always big. But now, this past two years that I've been hustling my ass off, bro, I've been brushing shoulders with a lot of people who are actually in the industry. I've opened up for people that are on Comedy Central now. So, and you said doing the show at the Comedy Bar now. I just did a show at Zany's in Old Town. I mean, I've, like, I, I've been able to get my foot in the door in a lot of these places that I never thought I could. Even though I had big dreams, I was like, I still got to do all these steps, right, to get there. But these steps seem more impossible than to getting there for some reason. I was like, they're never going to let me in at the comedy bar. They're never going to let me in at the Laugh Factory or at Zany's. But, dude, like, within the past few like the past few months, shit has been changing for me. I've been hustling my ass off. And they've been noticing. Comics have finally been like, oh, this guy got something going. Because I'm the only comedian, I'd probably say... That has a, fo- a strong following because of the pod, but people don't know it's because of the podcast. Because the podcast keeps me in touch with everybody, you know? So they feel like they know me. All these other comics, they just kind of gave up on trying to convince their friends to support them. So every time they go do a show, it's like three people there, you know? So lucky for me, I've been able to keep the city's been helping me out a lot to grow, but I've been able to knock all these doors down on my own. Like, as far as like, I did, I wasn't like a lot of times, bro, people get in these clubs because they either. They play politics, you know. They play, uh, they play favorites and shit. I've only been in those clubs because they've seen me work and they invited me on. So it makes me proud. But now that I'm in those clubs, my goal, my goals seem a lot closer because it's like, oh shit! Like to me, one of those hardest things was to 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 get into those clubs. That was gonna be the thing for me. Like I was like, once I get that, like it's a wrap. But now that I'm like, oh shit! I actually did it on my own. I got. Comedy bar, I'm a regular now. Laugh Factory, I'm my foot's in the door. Zany's my foot's in the door. So it's like this shit's happening for real. I'm doing shows with people that are touring. You know, I'm doing shows with people that open up for Bill Burr. So it's kind of like fucking like I'm here. You know. So now it's like my goals have changed. 
now I don't want to be touring in like um, theaters with my name on the marquee or, or you know, I don't, now my, my goals have became more realistic. So I'm not thinking about fame or anything anymore. Now I'm just like, okay, I got to make sure to do this room. I got to make sure my set's killing here because then if the right person sees me, they might take me on the road. Because, you know, you do a show at Zany's, you don't know who the fuck's going to pop in. I've done shows where fucking, I mean, people have done shows at Zany's uh, this year in the past year. Chris Rock steps in, bro. He's been watching from the back the whole time. Seinfeld steps in if he's filming something in Chicago. So it's just like, I don't want to fuck up an opportunity, you know, because somebody's watching and I'm not well prepared. So now it's like my focus has been only on my craft. Like, I don't give a fuck about, am I going to make it? Am I not going to make it? Like, now it's like, I'm already this far so I can see that it's possible. Let me just keep working harder. Because, I mean, everybody that's made it before had to go through these steps, you know. And the thing is that in Aurora, there's a lot of comics that even though they've been doing comedy for seven, eight years, nine, ten years now, um, they've never been to get their foot in those clubs. And I'm only three years in and I'm already there. So, I mean, it means something, right? You know, so I'm trying to, now I'm just trying to go harder and for, I guess, future and dower or whatever the fuck the word is. What I want to do, bro, my next step right now is just to be able to go on tour and quit my job. Like, like quit, like not go on tour headlining, but go on tour with somebody to where I make enough money so I can quit my job. That's my goal right now. And then my goal for long term is I want to be able to headline my own comedy clubs, which I'm giving myself a 10 year from right now. I'm giving myself 10 years to be able to headline my own comedy club, like where I can get booked in Arizona. And they're like, all right, you're here for the weekend. You're headlining all weekend. You got to do morning radio to make sure all your tickets sell. Shit like that. I'm not, I don't necessarily have to be famous. I just want to be touring, you know? So that's my long-term goal from here to 10 years. But I mean, I already got, I got into these clubs. People told me it was going to take seven years to get into these clubs. I got, I got in there in three years. So the only person stopping me is, is me, bro. You know, why, why the fuck do I have to go by the rules? In reality, in show business, there is no rules. There's fucking people that go viral on YouTube. Now they're selling out every comedy club or they're selling out theaters, you know? So you don't have to play by the rules. As long as you're funny and you love your craft, if you're perfecting it, it can happen way faster. Damn, that is fucking beautiful. <laughs> um, New York, Chicago, L.A. I, I, and I follow a lot of stand-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think stand-up is some, one of the hardest crash when it comes like like my, my fiance is in the arts mm-hmm. uh, she, she she does dancing like like ballet and stuff like so i paid more attention now my my friends are actors and stuff like that but i think comedy as a like especially when i when i when i when i when i when i see interviews of like these goats like chris rock and eddie murphy and and you know, bill murray and 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 all these like big big names um you know either they they were like, oh, I'm from a small town, and, and I traveled two hours to go to, uh, to go to New York, or you know, like a lot of people started in in, in, in the Laugh Factory here in, in Chicago, stuff mm-hmm. like that, like or uh, Second City, um, mm-hmm. and obviously LA is like the city of stars, like people go there to go be movies, stuff to like go make that. it, to make it, yeah, um, and obviously you you shown that like yeah, if, I, if it can happen tomorrow, you move to LA, but like what is the mecca, like? I've even heard Texas like is, is, is popping now. Now, now it is, yeah. Like, like what is like the center of comedy? It changed, bro. This last year with COVID, bro, it literally changed the whole game. But I feel like it did it for the better, mm. especially for me, especially. So this year has taught even Hollywood that you don't need anybody to make it. For example, Andrew Schultz, stand-up comedian, podcaster. Mm. 
did it on his own, bro. Literally put up his own videos on Instagram, on YouTube of himself doing stand-up. Never got signed for a Showtime deal, Netflix, nothing. Made, went famous, got a million followers. Now he can sell theaters out anywhere in the country. No co-sign, no nothing, bro. So that, no, him just by himself fucked up the comedy game enough to so all the comedians, especially New York, realized that, oh, shit, I can make it off YouTube. I don't need... Because a lot of people don't want to release their content on the internet because they're like, no, I need to save this for Netflix so people don't already listen to my material. But, bro, the only way, like, you can't be knocking on Netflix's door forever because then they might never open. So you got to either put your good shit out, hope it gets seen. If not, keep writing, make it better, and keep releasing. So, number one, that Andrew Schultz knocked down, for comedy at least, he knocked down this whole um, co-signing door. This whole, like, you got to get a deal to make it. No, you don't. You know, he knocked that wall down. But with COVID happening, L.A., I mean, New York was at one point the prime mecca of comedy. New York was, because, I mean, New York had Seinfeld, you know. New York had Bill Burr, Patrice O'Neal. I mean, Greg Giraldo. Every fucking comedian that's a legend now started in New York or or, or started in Boston, came to New York. But New York was the place. After New York... um, when Netflix started getting involved, when people started being on TV, comedians started going on sitcoms, comedians started doing their own shows, writing, L.A. became real popular. A lot of people, L.A. Uh, LA really was dead as a comedy scene 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Not because I, ca- I followed it 10, 12 years ago, but I do research now and I fell in love with the comedy game like from the ins and out. So even the business side of things, I love, love to keep up with. So, I mean, I've seen videos, documentaries, interviews where they talk about the comedy store, which is the number one comedy club in the world, being dead on a Friday night. Now that bitch is sold out on a Tuesday at midnight. You know what I'm saying? So... LA, LA really was becoming the place. You know, LA was, it was the place because they, it, I guess they could say they were at war with New York. It, they've always kind of been at war because New York doesn't want to fall off. But trust me, LA was fucking running laps. Like LA had, because of Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan is literally the reason why LA comedy blew up so much because Joe Rogan was friends with Tom Segura, Bert Kreischer. You know, he had people like, uh, Brian Callen, the broad, uh, what's the fucking name? Sh- fucking the idiot that looks big as fuck, um, fighter and the kid, whatever. Uh, Brendan Shaw. Okay. Brendan Shaw. Um, I mean, that's just to name a few. On top of that, you got Bill Burr living out there, Sebastian Maniscalco. Literally, every comedian who's anybody is in LA. Yeah. So they're doing their podcast. The podcast fucking changed everything. That's why, like I said, we, we kind of got into the game still a little bit early, but they got in the game way earlier. They've been doing it for 10, 8 years, bro. So now that they were literally being being each other's guests, being each other's guests, helped each other's fan base grow and grow and grow and grow. Then more podcasts started popping up. Literally, it turned into the mecca of comedy. Everybody was doing each other's podcasts. So when one comedian, if you were funny enough at a club, then you might get invited to a big podcast like your mom's house or whatever. Then after they put, they put you on there, now you have a big following. So literally, bro, podcast was actually like popping. Had it, podcast in LA had the comedy scene popping. That was the place to go. Now, with COVID happening, Joe Rogan getting $100 million from Spotify, and he didn't want to get taxed from from California, so he moved to Texas. But the thing with that is, there was a lot of comedians who were cool with Joe Rogan, but they're not at Joe Rogan's level. So in order to get still grow, they had to move with him. 
So there's a whole bunch of comedians that moved to Austin with him just so they can get the opportunity to be on his show. And because they know he's because Joe Rogan's always at a comedy club every single night. Yeah. That he's just that type of comic. He's a beast, you know. Now you could be a fan of his comedy or not, but that dude's always fucking working, you know. So people are like, well, we know that people are gonna go see Joe Rogan every single night. He could do a show every night at a comedy club, every day of the year, and it'll be packed every single day, you know. So they know that he's gonna build a community down there. So a lot of comedians went to LA to build around him to be able to do spots in a full place without having to worry about producing it. They'll tell Joe Rogan, hey, let me do five minutes, let me do 10 minutes. He's gonna let you on because you're a comedian, you know? So he's building that down there, which that caused a lot of other comics that were already doing good enough for themselves that didn't want him, that didn't need to move to Austin. It caused them to, to move, well, fuck it, if he can move, let me move, but I don't wanna go to Texas. I wanna go to Tennessee. Theo Vaughn, Nate Bergazzi. Well, Nate Bergazzi was already living out there, but they are, they're in Tennessee, Nashville now. Joy Diaz went back to Jersey. People are going back to New York. Tom Segura is also thinking about moving from L.A. Now, because a lot of them are, are, are getting richer, and there is those tax, plan, that tax plans that can fuck up their money, you know? But, I mean, I don't blame them. It is what it is, you know? But now, what I'm trying to get to is now that everybody's scattered, nobody feels like, I got to go to L.A., Cause that's where you're gonna make it. You're gonna get on Joe Rogan. No, Joe Rogan's not even in LA no more. You know, so you can really go anywhere, bro. You can. Chicago has the the potential to become a big comedy city, even though it is already. But excuse me, we're only big locally. Like only in Chicago, we're big. But we're not like LA big. But now with people scattering, you know, we can now we can have Hannibal Burris back. We can have uh, uh, Andrew Santino. You know, all those people from Chicago originally, if they come back here, bro, and build the scene, we won't have to move to make it. You know, the like we've we've done it. We've made it so easy for the Hollywood industry to oh everybody's gonna come to us anyway. Because if you want to make it, you gotta be here in LA with everybody scattered. You gotta come to us. So there might be days at the Laugh Factory where, hey, you know, this week Netflix is going to be here. We're going to book these comics. Hopefully they see y'all and you make it. So opportunities are getting spread out now. With all the comedians spreading out, they spread out a lot of a lot of opportunities for younger comics. So I'm excited to see where it goes. I hope that, and I know I say I love LA so much and everything, bro. But if I can be rich and, and, and tour from Chicago and live in Chicago, I'll stay in Chicago, bro. Because I love Chicago. I'm moving I'm closer to Chicago next year. Really? I'm, I'm moving to Oak Park. Dude, that's fire. That's, that's fire. I've done a show at Oak Park before. In Oak Park before, bro. That's, that, that's, I love Aurora. Uh, I gotta go. Yeah? I, I'm, I lived in DeKalb for four years, and, and even though DeKalb ain't shit, mm-hmm. like, living out of Aurora and, and just stopping in once in a while was, was, like, probably the best thing. I live in North Aurora, so I'm a little up there now, but... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you the nigga now? I, I made it now. But <laughs> uh, I wanna... Bro, I, like... Like living closer to the city, like you, like you live in the city, um, it's just a different vibe. It's just oh, like, yeah, and I probably, probably as a comic, you're 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 there. Like you can probably walk to a fucking close to a show. And yeah, be like, yeah, that's a that's a a lot of. I got friends that started off with me, like little white boys that were comedians and shit that are actually funny, and they all moved to the city, bro. They're already in the city. They're roommates and shit, and it's good because. Because uh, you're right, you can walk to four different open mics in one day and get your practice in for your next show the next day. You know, mm-hmm. it it makes everything a lot easier when you're living out there. But 
like not to talk shit about them, but I'm still living in Aurora and I'm getting these opportunities they don't have yeah. living out there. So it's like, I don't feel like it's where you're at. Is as long as you're willing to go there and once they see you, you're willing to go back. Like the comedy bar has me back so many times. I don't even think they live, they know that I live in Aurora, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but I don't give a fuck. I'll make the drive. Eventually I do want to move to Chicago and, and, and hopefully do it out there. You know, once, once I have shows every night, then I'm definitely going to be moving to Chicago and shit. But, but, uh, but for right now, yeah, I think, I mean, I just feel like everybody should be worried about getting better instead of worrying about where I'm going to be to make it. Because even if you move to L.A., if you're a shitty comic, you're not going to make it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like we should all focus. I mean, I'm way more focused on my craft than about where I'm at. Because at the end of the day, Chicago's a 40-minute drive. I can be there in 40 minutes. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like my opportunities are closed. It's just a little bit harder for me to get there. But if you're funny enough, they're going to keep calling you. And then eventually you get those bookings and you can make that money. You can afford to move out there, you know? Um, my last question. Yeah. Um, actually, probably not my last question, but... Um, you, you've me started podcasting around the same time. I, I probably had like a, like a six-episode lead, and then you started... Um, and then I took a, a big month, like, like three months, mm -hmm. like a break. I was like, I'm, I'm, I was burnt out. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I... <laughs> I felt like in those three months, so many people opened up their own podcast, which I, I, I love it. And, 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 and the people, Do you, though? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. Because <laughs> um, I don't do like... Yeah, it's competition, bro. It's competition. Everybody like, can say whatever they want, but at the end of the day, you see more people popping up, doing the same shit as you. are like, fuck, you know? Like, fuck. But, but, but that is what I use... For a while, bro, I was kind of pissed. I was like, man, I, I just started doing this shit, and now motherfuckers doing it too. But then I was just like, you know what? Like, the only way that... Th there's always going to be somebody else, bro. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So the only way that your yours can outshine theirs is to be better, bro. And and, and one this is a, a advice that one comedian told me one time. He was like... Because uh, they were complaining about the crowd, you know? They were like, oh, the crowd was... He's like, oh, they didn't laugh at your jokes? And I was like, nah, man, they was on bullshit. He's like, oh, you just got to do one thing. And I was like, what? He's like, be funny. Like, or be funnier. He's like, be funnier. So then that fucking word of advice, that be funnier, stuck with me forever. Like, basically what he meant was stop bitching and go write better jokes, you know? So say same thing with my podcast. It's like, I got to bring this shit up a notch, you know? So, and I made it more personal. Like, I mean, I don't want to infiltrate your podcast, but I mean, in my podcast, like... I talk about battling with addiction with drugs, you know, battling. I open up a lot, you know, but at the same time, I still keep certain stuff private. But, I mean, I feel like that's what separates my podcast with other podcasts because I feel like I don't have shit to lose, you know. Like, this is, all my eggs are in this basket. Like, this shit, this comedy shit has to work out for me. So, there's no reason for me to censor myself. Mm -hmm. Now, you're different than me. You have a college degree. You have a fiancé. Obviously, you don't want to put everything out there, you know. You got filters and shit. So I mean, there's a different. There's a but there's you, does, it doesn't mean that you have to be edgy to get it popping. Because I mean, you have your own. I feel like when I listen to yours, bro, I, I I I get to educate myself on people that I I would never talk to like as friends. Like for example, Caesar. I feel like me and him would never would have never been cool if I never got. I'm like I'm listening to him. I'm like, oh, this guy's a fucking cool ass person. Like. You know, I just like I, I don't know, like I, I I think I judged the book by its cover too much, but it's definitely helped me. Like uh, I mean, with Marcos Murillo, you helped me familiarize myself with him. You know, I mean Jose, when you have him on there, it's fucking it's a blast. Oaxaca, same thing. Mm -hmm. Like 
it's just uh, everybody brings their own thing to the table, you know. You're, I feel like you can carry conversations way more educational, smoother, and keep them simple to where I'm just, my podcast is all over the place. But I'm saying we are different for a reason, you know what I'm saying? Like, we each have our own thing that we bring to the table. But like you said, I mean, I don't remember what the fuck the question was, but I guess watching all these other people pop up with their podcasts and shit, like... It's just funny to me because you and I know how hard it is, you know? Oh, my God. Like, it's like, it's it's funny because you see these podcasts pop out, and then after the fourth, fifth episode, it's like, where'd it go? They're done. They're done. Exactly. They try to reboot months later, but it's still trash, you know? It's like, <laughs> it's like, like, there's a few different, I'm not going to name any of them out, but I mean, there's a few different ones that I'm just like, dude, I get what you're trying to do, but this ain't it. You know what I'm saying? That's why I'm happy that I took as long as I took. Because I feel like if I would have started anytime sooner, it wouldn't have been what it is now. You know, everything's in due time. Which, I mean, I'm not judging them. They can get better. Their episodes will get better eventually. Yeah, eventually. But I'm just saying, like, it's not as easy as people think. You talked about feeling burnt out, taking breaks, bro. I think that right now, I haven't talked about this on, on, on the podcast, but I'm at that level right now. Like, I'm episode 74, and I feel pretty burned out. I tried to record a solo episode this weekend because my guest was kind of flaky on time. So I was like, well, let me knock out a solo episode, which I was doing for the longest time ever. And then when he gets here, we'll record his episode. Whichever one's better is the one I put out. Dude, I tried for like fucking 40 minutes to record an episode and I just couldn't get in the groove of, of talking to myself. And it's not only because I've been used to having guests recently. It's just because I feel like I'm tired, bro. Like It's just like every week I've been put. I don't take breaks. Like If I miss one week, I'll make up with a bonus episode middle yeah. of the week. So I'm always, 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 always on there, bro. So like right now, bro, also with the YouTube thing and, and then like... I've been, I was working on a lot of stand-up. Like, we're getting ready for my comedy bar shows. I was doing private shows that were actually going to make me good money. So, I didn't want to fuck them up. So, I was focusing on my stand-up a lot, way more than I was on the podcast. So, when I tried to... That's why it was it was good for me to have guests these past few episodes. Because it helped me, like, like not have to worry too much about what I'm going to say. Am I going to be funny? Because I was relying on their stories, you know? But, like, right now... Um, well... For the people that don't know, you're going to be on my podcast this week coming up. So, it, it, I mean, we got like a whole bunch of different conversations to talk about or whatever. But after you go on the podcast, I think you're going to be the last guest I have. Um, not for the year, but at least I need one podcast to myself so I can get back in my zone. Like, yeah. Remind myself who I am. I really want to take a break. I, I really do want to take one week off and not do anything. But I told you, by the end of the year, I'm trying to hit 100K total total listens. So if I take a break, it's not going to happen. You, you, you are... In a sense, in, in playoff mode, like like you have a goal and like it's right there yeah. and like you can grab it, like you can fucking taste it, like yeah. So I I totally understand, but like, and I I feel like I've never explained this. Like when I took my my break, I took three months, and it's when the first COVID started to like around phase three, which right before, and like, I did not want to put out content that focused just on COVID, because mm-hmm. I knew that was gonna be, and then. It's also like, you know, you've been to my apartment. Like, I literally invite people over to my house and, like, mm-hmm. like sit down and talk to them. And, and, and I can be mobile, too, but, like, I, 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 you know, nobody knew. No one knew what the fuck was going on. So, like, I, I was just scared with, the, with like, people coming mm-hmm. in and shit like that. But then, like, I saw people open, like, do their, do their podcast. Mm-hmm. And I remember I saw your podcast get, like, fucking heat. Like, I was just like, this dude's on fire. And I'm like, I have to come back. Yeah. I have to come back. Like, yeah. I just... And, like, I, I, I follow local podcasters here. Like, mm-hmm. there's a couple here, like, um, that I, I listen to. I try to listen to. And there's some that's just, like, 
I tried and I can't. Yeah. Like I, I helped my my boy Marcos to do his own podcast, but his his is separate because this is like more finance focus and stuff like that. So that's a different podcast that we're doing. Yeah, his will have his own type of people that listen to it. And I mean, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I've listened to a few of his episodes too. It's just. Um, I'm not always in the mood to listen to finances. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's not something that I'm going to be checking for all the time. Same thing with anybody else's podcast. Like, I mean, like I said, I know you You could think if I'm lying or not lying, but I'm telling you, your podcast, I actually do enjoy it. Because you know how to carry a conversation to a point where it doesn't get boring. It be, it's still funny. And if it does get boring, you'll change the subject. You know what I'm saying? I, I fuck with that kind of shit. But there's other people that don't realize that their shit gets boring and they just milk the subject. So it's kind of like, ah, you know, it's kind of like, fuck. But you don't want to hit them up like, oh, that shit, hey, bro, you probably should do this different because then you're, you don't want to, because they're going to be like, oh, because you got your shit, you don't want, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I don't want nobody to tell me shit either, you know? Yeah. So I kind of just let everybody be like what it is. I don't, but, but it's just like funny, like, it, like, it's just funny to see, like, dude, you'll see how hard it is once you get started. Oh, even like, even if you're trying to knock out 30 minute episodes, try it every single week. It gets hard, bro. Mm-hmm. It gets hard as fuck. So, I mean, I mean, like I said, I wish the best for everybody. The only podcast right now that I feel like I'm, I want all the smoke with is that Good Morning Aurora podcast. Bro, yeah. I do Fuck him. <laughs> I followed, I followed him on my podcast. Yeah. They didn't follow me back. Uh, I took that shit back. Uh, <laughs> they, they, I'm not gonna lie. They, they follow me, but well, the guy that does their video. Mm-hmm. It does my video oh, okay. for for my food. Yeah. So he works out of the studio that I work out of now. Yeah. So he's part of my team, but he only works for them. Like he's an employee for them. But I'm mm-hmm. asking, I'm talking to, I'm like trying to get shit out of him and shit. I'm like, hey, so what's up with the niggas? Like, because like you because the thing is, bro, they have guests, but they have see. That's why I don't feel too bad no more. Because I was like, dude, these niggas about to take off on my ass too, like on everybody, you know. But like they have a lot of Instagram followers, but they have guests every single day, bro. Yeah, it's a day. It's a so it's show. like you're gaining. Four or five followers every day because four or five friends of the guests you had are following you now. So that's why I saw their followers go up. They did pass me up or whatever. But nigga, then I go look at their plays. I'm like, I'm still smoking out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because they're the people that you had as a guest, their homies are not gonna go back and check out other people. Yeah. They just wanna see that one. But yeah. most people are not gonna follow the page, you know? Yeah. So I just I'm just gonna put this message out there for any podcast in Aurora that wanna put your fucking numbers up next to me. <laughs> I don't give a fuck if you drop every single week. I can bet I'm still smoking y'all. Smoking good a morning Aurora pack all day long. <laughs> Uh, but shout out to them though. Shout out to them because they're they they keep it professional. They don't curse. They're very 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 uh, um, organized. Yeah. They do one hour show. They do a countdown. It, it's suspenseful. Yeah. So all bullshit aside, I mean, I shout out to them. They got a team of people working over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just us by ourselves. Oh, yeah, bro. Just... So I mean, I, I don't feel too bad. <laughs> um, my last question: You have to yeah. say names. Just a yes or no. Is there a guest that you've regretted having on your podcast? Yeah. I I do. That I've regretted having on my yeah. podcast? Yeah, I think I do. I think I, I think I finally do. I have one. Yeah, who? I'll tell you after. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't regret having him on the podcast. I regret not being better prepared. I regret the setting of the situation. I regret maybe not going over the topics correctly. But if it's one podcast I could delete, it would be that one. Same. <laughs> um, 
we're, so we're at the end of the video. We're at the end of the podcast, man. Um, I'm, where, where can they find you? What are you doing? Uh, I mean, Instagram, Too Skinny 300 Talking My Shit Podcast on Instagram. I mean, Oscar McGuire is going to be on there next week, so you make sure to follow the page, tune in, and, I, and we're going to mask him all the crazy shit. Danielle, you can't listen to the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you guys for listening.